0: Welcome, listeners, and thanks for stopping by. I'm glad you could join me for this new episode where we encounter one of the weirdest cryptids out there. Before we start, though, let me remind you to visit our Facebook page where you'll find monsters, quizzes, film, TV, and book recommendations, and the latest current paranormal news in the world. Every week has new content just for you. Now, on to our episode. Well, it's one of the weirdest and creepiest cryptids out there, and it is said to live in the most desolate parts of the Gobi Desert. It is the Mongolian Deathworm. It's enough to make you thankful that you may not have an upcoming trip to the Mongolian Desert. Though the Gobi Desert doesn't reach the scorching heat of the Sahara and Mojave Deserts, which can easily see temperatures north of 116 and 120 degrees, its extremes are noteworthy sometimes with a 60-degree change from highs to lows. And strong winds coming off the Siberian steppes can create extreme freezing conditions, reducing winter temperatures to 40 below. But on this particular 1960s date, it was a hot July day in the Gobi Desert. Two friends had decided to go horseback riding together. The Gobi is not the most hospitable of places, with ticks, biting flies, and vicious spiders in abundance, and the rocky landscape can look more like the moon's surface than a sand-filled desert. As the two rode along, nothing unusual seemed to be evident. Then one of the men noticed his friend was no longer beside him. Looking back, he caught the final falling of both horse and rider to the rough ground they had moments ago been traversing. Jumping down from his horse, the man was able to see immediately and to his horror that both his friend and and his friend's horse were dead. Unnerved and terrified, he looked around to see what could have caused the instant death of a horse and rider. Terrifyingly, he said he saw a big, fat worm slowly crawling away. At least that's how the story goes, as told in Mongolia, one of many stories of encounters with the Mongolian deathworm. So lethal and horrifying is this cryptid. The mere mention of its native name, Algoi korkoy, can strike terror. I know, it sounds like a fantastic, deadly creature that might be found in a 1950s pulp science fiction novel or sci-fi movie. But people in Mongolia believe a large, deadly, worm-like creature exists in the Gobi Desert. A diminutive but astonishing body of literature is all that endorses the existence of this creature. None have ever been captured, photographed, or reliably documented. And yet the tales remain of this bizarre headless worm that kills its prey and anyone or anything who dares to touch it. So let's take a look at the legend, what its claimed attributes are, and what skeptics have to say about it. And along the way. We'll take in a few more stories of encounters with the Mongolian deathworm. Algoy Korkoi means large intestine worm in Mongolian and is a terrifying creature claimed to exist in the Gobi Desert. It's best known by its Western name, the Mongolian deathworm. The creature first came to Western attention as a result of Roy Chapman Andrews' 1926 book on the Trail of Ancient Man. The American paleontologist described second-hand tales of the monster he heard at a gathering of Mongolian officials. None of those present ever had seen the creature, but they all firmly believed in its existence and described it minutely, Andrews recalled. In the book, Andrews cites Mongolian Prime Minister Damdin Bazar, who in 1922 described the worm in this way. It is shaped like a sausage about two feet long has no head nor leg, and it is so poisonous that merely to touch it means instant death. It lives in the most desolate parts of the Gobi Desert. In 1932, Andrews published this information again in the book The New Conquest of Central Asia, adding, it is reported to live in the most arid, sandy regions of the western Gobi. Andrews, however, did not believe in the creature's existence. The animal was the basis of a short story. Algoy Korkoy in 1944 by Russian paleontologist and science fiction writer Ivan Yefremov, written under the influence of Andrew's book. In 1946 through 1949, Yefremov was studying fossils in the Gobi Desert and wrote that he heard the legend of Algoy Korkoy many times, but nobody claimed to have seen it. In 1990 and 1992, Czech cryptozoologist author design engineer and explorer Ivan McCurley led small groups of companions into the Gobi Desert to search for the worm. Inspired by Frank Herbert's novel Dune, he tried some unusual tactics. In the film, giant fictional sandworms could be brought to the surface by rhythmic thumping. McCurley constructed a motor-driven thumper and even used small explosions to try to find the creature. In 2005, zoologist-journalist Richard Freeman of the Center for Fortean Zoology mounted an expedition to hunt for the deathworm, but came up empty-handed. Freeman's conclusion was that the tales of the worm's powers had to be apocryphal and that reported sightings likely involved an unknown species of worm lizard. The reality television series Destination Truth conducted an expedition from 2006 to 2007 with no success and a New Zealand television entertainment reporter David Ferrier of TV3 News took part in an expedition in August of 2009 but he came up empty-handed as well he conducted interviews with locals claiming to have seen the worm and mentioned on his website the sightings had peaked in the 1950s almost as mystifying as the death worm and no less impressive is the Gobi Desert itself Phonetically, the word Gobi means very large and dry in the Mongolian language. It occupies a sweep of land, 1,300,000 square kilometers in area, making it one of the largest deserts in the world. Contrary to images often associated with a desert, however, much of the Gobi is not sandy but is covered with bare rock. Legend has it these terrifying creatures spend most of their time hidden underneath the sandy dunes of the Gobi Desert. The Mongolian deathworm is said to hibernate for 10 months of the year. It apparently only emerges during June and July, and even then, it prefers to rise to the surface when the ground is wet and rain is falling from the skies. And locals know these are the two most dangerous months. If a local should happen upon this creature, they know to stay clear. So, what does the Mongolian deathworm look like? The giant worm has a blood red color and is described by many to be from two to seven feet long. It's shaped like a large sausage tube and has no head or legs. Some have suggested it has a monstrous mouth with sharp teeth, though that's not usually declared in most stories of the creature. However, many do mention spikes on both ends of the worm. It is said to have the ability to spit out a corrosive yellow saliva and also to apparently generate blasts of electricity. It's said it can kill at a distance, either by spraying venom at its prey, or by means of electric discharge. The worm is said to inhabit the western or southern gobi and is subterranean in its movements traveling underground. In his 1987 book, Ivan Mackerly cites a Mongolian legend which describes the creature as traveling underground creating waves of sand on the surface. It's said to be easily spotted by these waves of sand appearing on the surface of the desert when it passes underneath. It rarely comes to the surface. British biologist Carl Schuker sums it up in his 2002 book, The Unexplained and Illustrated Guide to the World's Paranormal Mysteries. One of the world's most sensational creatures may be concealed amid the sands of the southern Gobi Desert. It is said to resemble a large fat worm up to three feet long and dark red in color, with spike like projections at both ends. It spends much of its time hidden beneath the desert sands, but whenever one is spotted lying on the surface, it is scrupulously avoided by the locals. Since nobody has been able to capture photographic proof of the Mongolian deathworm, how did the legend come to be? There are a few possibilities that could be in play. The first theory is these accounts might actually be true, but like most stories passed on orally for generations, they have become greatly exaggerated over time. The English translation of deathworm from its original Mongolian name is also misleading when using the word worm. The desert just doesn't support that kind of life form. Experts believe if such a creature exists, it may be a type of reptile, not a soft, wiggly worm. Experts believe one suspect may be the worm lizard, which looks like a large limbless worm that burrows underground and grows up to several feet. Another candidate that could have originally inspired the death worm lore is a type of sand boa snake. In 1983, a specimen of tartar sand boa was shown to the locals who claimed to have seen Algoi corkoi, and they confirmed that this was the same animal. Yet the legend is strong in Mongolia and paints a terrifying picture of a deadly predator that routinely includes humans among its targets when hunting prey. As the legend says, this horrifying beast spends most of its time slithering around deep in the sands of the Gobi Desert waiting to surface at the smell of its favorite prey, humans. The Mongolian deathworm can emerge from the sands out of nowhere to attack shooting its victims to the ground with a healthy dose of electricity, which can even prove fatal if at close range. Anything that survives the initial shock is stricken with a spray of lethal venom that covers and quickly dissolves their flesh, killing them almost instantly. In the early 20th century, the people of Mongolia and the government were so equally frightened by this sand monster's possible existence, they made it illegal to even speak of it. They also declared the Gobi Desert off limits to any foreigners trying to authenticate the existence of this deadly animal. Eventually, such restrictions were lifted, and cryptozoologists and others were able to take up the hunt for the creature. Even today, many locals are convinced the terrifying deathworm exists in the Gobi. Although largely hearsay, there are tales of the Mongolian deathworm and horrifying deadly encounters with it. If the stories are true, this is definitely one of a small handful of creatures you would never ever want to encounter, even from a distance. Legend says as the creature begins to attack, it raises half its body out of the sand and starts to inflate until it explodes, releasing lethal poison all over the unfortunate victim. The poison is so venomous, the prey dies instantly. Because Mongolia had been under Soviet control until 1990, very little was known about the death worm in the West. In recent years, investigators have been able to look for evidence of the creature's existence. Ivan Mackerly, one of the leading Loch Ness Monster detectives, studied the region and interviewed many Mongolian people about the worm. Due to the sheer volume of sightings and strange deaths, he came to the initial conclusion that the death worm was more than just legend. Makerly first heard of the deathworm as a boy from the work of paleontologist Ivan Yefremov. In college, after he met a Mongolian student who believed in the worm, he became obsessed. He combed through Mongolian literature to find more clues about the deathworm and was finally granted permission by the Mongolian government to conduct research when he was in his late 40s. But unfortunately, his team's efforts proved unproductive. And Mackerly concluded the creature must be a myth. While Mackerley's expeditions failed to discover proof of the animal, they did provide most of the modern research material related to the Mongolian deathworm. Subsequent expeditions to hunt down the sand beast continue today and ride upon the coattails of Mackerley's outstanding work. Whether or not its existence is real, there are stories told of encounters with the Mongolian deathworm. And they don't end well for those coming across the deadly worm. A story famous among the Gobi nomads is the following. A young boy was out in the desert and, unknown to the boy, was followed back to his home by a Mongolian death worm. When he did not return home as his family expected, they went to look for him. Very soon and near his home, his dead body was found. It was believed he died because he touched the worm. His family was grief-stricken. Looking at the trail the worm had left in the sand, members of the boy's family swore they would take revenge on the animal that had killed the youngster. They quickly took up the hunt and the small hunting party followed the trail left in the sand. Days passed and the family again grew anxious. They waited for the return of the group, but they never did return. And to this day, no one knows their fate. Well, Richard Freeman is a cryptozoologist from the UK specializing in the Mongolian deathworm. He traveled to Mongolia in 2005 to study the legend of the worm and locate it if possible. He and his team found an entire village had relocated from its previous spot when villagers heard about sightings of a nearby deathworm. In another conversation during the expedition by Freeman, their local interpreter, Suji, told them about an incident that happened to another team of researchers that had traveled to Suji's home village. One of them was poking the sand with an iron rod and then suddenly was knocked off his feet. Upon reaching him, he was found dead. Others felt a sudden shaking in the ground and then saw something round coming up out of the nearby sand. Suji said they all ran for their lives to avoid being the worm's next victim. According to legend, livestock and humans are supposed to be the deathworm's main prey. Along with humans, the Mongolian deathworm preys on camels for a very specific purpose. It is said to leave eggs inside of the animal's intestines. This eventually turns the camel the same shade of red as the worm. It's a sure indicator of the worm having been there. If the dead camel turns red, it is harboring worm eggs. A Gobi Desert Ranger tells a story from the 1960s where an entire herd of camels was killed by a single worm lying below the desert surface. Freeman says, The worm certainly exists. When we talked to people during our trip in Mongolia, they were all quite certain of that. They didn't believe it could spit electricity, but they did believe it was venomous, and they are very afraid of it. As British biologist Carl Schuker noted of the legendary creature in The Unexplained and Illustrated Guide to the World's Natural and Paranormal Mysteries, the Mongolian Deathworm is believed to possess spike like projectiles at both ends of its body. As we have previously noted, it is said to have formidable ways of attacking humans. Or other animals, the worm can purportedly spit corrosive venom or shoot out a powerful shock, electrocuting its victim. Well, a logical question is are there examples of other creatures with these traits? Are there other animals in nature that can grow to this size, that can spit venom or acid, and electrocute victims? It so happens there are indeed. The Mongolian deathworm is said to be quite large, so Are there worm species that have been known to grow to such sizes? Well, the giant Gippsland earthworm is a monster of a worm native to the grasslands of Victoria, Australia. These giant earthworms average 3.3 feet long and nearly an inch in diameter and can reach up to 10 feet in length. Their body is able to expand and contract, making them appear even larger. Australia also has three types of sandworms who live in sand instead of soil, one of which can grow from three to 10 feet in length. Living under the sand, these giant beach worms are rarely seen as they only come out of the sand to feed on dead fish and seaweed. They poke their heads out of the sand, grab food in their jaws, and eat it. What about venom spitters? Well, there are, of course, well-known cases of animals spitting venom. Perhaps the best example is the spitting cobra, Spitting Cobras are extremely accurate at distances over 10 feet. When the Cobra wants to spit or spray its venom as a threat, it hoods up, aims its open mouth as specialized muscles contract the venom gland, forcing the Cobra's venom out through its fangs. The Cobra is well equipped to spray its painful venom at great distance directly into the eyes of potential attacking animals. This ability allows the Cobra to spit from a safe distance. The death adder found in Australia and New Guinea is physically similar to descriptions of the death worm and is also able to spit venom several feet. And there are several kinds of spiders and insects who can shoot venom. There are also several insects who can spit acid they produce. So this ability is readily seen in nature. What about electric shockers? Of all the alleged attributes of the Mongolian death worm, The strangest is its ability to deliver a lethal electric shock to its intended prey. We know this ability exists in nature, but it's only found in fish. About 350 species have some capability to generate and use electricity. Some species of catfish, rays, elephant fish, and others have the ability to blast out an electric charge. But the king of conducting electricity is the electric eel. These eight-foot-long animals actually eel-shaped fish that belong to the knife fish family, use three sensory organs located along the length of their bodies to issue shocks of up to 860 volts, enough energy to stun predator or prey. But is that enough to actually kill an adult human? The answer is, rarely. If a person is in general good health, it usually takes 2,700 volts or more to cause severe injury or death. So basically, the Mongolian deathworm would need to be able to produce three times the amount of electricity we consider the maximum existing in nature today in order to generate the death by electrocution attributed to it. If that sounds a bit skeptical, well, skeptics have a lot more to say about the alleged existence of the Mongolian deathworm. It does seem interest in the worm has died down as there have been fewer recent sightings. And with more knowledge of the ecology of the Gobi Desert, what was previously thought to be the Mongolian deathworm may have actually been a type of pit viper or rat snake local to the area. According to skeptics, other than the bright pink and red flesh, the descriptions of the worm match these types of snakes, and to skeptics, a snake is assuredly more easily considered than a deathworm of some type. Many cryptids have turned out to be hoaxes, but sightings of the deathworm were likely driven by mistaken identification of species or hallucinations caused by desert conditions. The only evidence for this creature has been sightings and stories from locals. No photographs or remains have ever been found, and even eyewitness accounts are hearsay and always secondhand. Because of the lack of hard evidence, the Mongolian deathworm is widely accepted as being just a legend. Then what exactly is the so-called death worm? Experts are certain it is not a real worm because the Gobi Desert is too hot an area for annelids to survive. Some have suggested it might be a skink, but they have little legs and scaly skin whereas witness accounts specify that the worm is limbless and smooth-bodied. The most probable explanation is the death worm is a new species of worm lizard, a group of burrowing reptiles. In recent years, cryptozoologist Michelle Reynold has suggested the Mongolian death worm might be one of these specialized burrowing reptiles that generally have no limbs and are reddish-brown in color. In 2005, an expedition from the Center for Fortean Zoology crossed a thousand miles of the Gobi on the track of the death worm. They concluded it was probably a large, unknown type of worm lizard and the powers attributed to it were mythical. Another possibility is that the creature is a member of the cobra family known as the death adder. Though only found in Australia and New Guinea, the death adder has an appearance similar to the descriptions of the Mongolian deathworm. It is able to spit venom several feet. Researchers speculate the species could conceivably survive in the Gobi Desert environment. However, Brian Dunning from Skeptoid.com said in a 2013 article, Every single published account I have found included no sources other than Ivan Mackerley and the few accounts unearthed by him. It appears that scarcely any author or researcher has done anything original on the subject, and certainly nobody has produced any photographs or evidence. If ever there was a case of a cryptid being the brainchild of one man, it's the Mongolian deathworm. Although the native Mongolian people are convinced of the deathworm's existence, It will take more years of research to satisfy the world's scientific community. Despite or perhaps because of the creature's fearsome name, many intrepid explorers have set out into the Gobi Desert seeking the beast. Numerous organized expeditions and searches have been made over the years. Both researchers and crews from popular television shows have made the journey to Mongolia's Gobi Desert. Despite extensive searches, eyewitness interviews and even setting traps for the creature, all have come back empty-handed. From a purely folkloric perspective, however, this is simply a sign that legends and stories of the Death Worm have spread throughout the region, as commonly happens through trade and travel. Many people around the world can offer very similar descriptions of dragons, leprechauns, mermaids, and other fantastic creatures, not from personal experience, but from hearing about them from others. So, is there a real animal behind the stories and legends? It seems doubtful. Compared to the North American Bigfoot, for which there are hundreds of alleged footprints, photographs, and eyewitnesses, there is virtually no evidence of the deathworm's existence. And of course, no live or dead one has ever been found, although that certainly applies to other cryptids who are considered much more feasible to exist. Although we should note that hiding somewhere in the Gobi Desert isn't exactly like hiding in the forests of the Pacific Northwest. In fact, the Gobi would likely preserve carcasses of the animal due to the relative lack of predators and hot desert winds that slow decomposition. Inhabitants of the Gobi are aware of the global interest in their mystery monster, as well as offers of rich rewards for one of the creatures alive or dead. So, it stands to reason that if they existed, you might expect locals to produce one for the fame and wealth it would provide. The central question is do Mongolian deathworms exist? Of course, there would have to be more than one of them to sustain what biologists call a breeding population, likely tens or hundreds of thousands of them. That also makes it appear questionable that none have been photographed or captured. And of course, there is always the slim but terrifying possibility that these worms are in fact real. Perhaps thousands of them live under the sands and have merely avoided capture today. Scientists dismiss cryptids like the Chupacabra, Skinwalker, and Bigfoot as urban legends due to lack of scientific evidence. But there is a possibility that such a creature like the Mongolian deathworm could exist. After all, Even Jane Goodall, one of the foremost primate experts in the world, said she was open to the possibility of Bigfoot. And as we've seen, there are other examples in nature of known creatures having similar characteristics and abilities as those of the Deathworm. The Gobi Desert is a vast region spanning a territory of 500,000 square miles of rough terrain. That makes the existence of undiscovered animal species very possible. No matter how the legend of the death worm began, cryptid researchers are not giving up hope that someday they will discover it. Maybe someday science will finally be able to tell us if this is a mythological cryptid, a misidentified snake or lizard, or a very real monster living deep in the Gobi Desert. Until then, it seems likely Roy Chapman Andrews' assessment nearly a century ago, while not entirely unarguable, will be deemed correct and will stand as the final say. The creature is merely legend. But consider this. In 2005, Dr. Chris Clark and his team were doing research in the Gobi. Perched above the desert after a rainstorm, Dr. Clark looked down and saw the whole desert floor covered in burrows. In our next episode, it's one of the weirdest and most anxiety-inducing UFO events in United States history, when Washington, D.C. was under siege by UFOs. From July the 12th to the 29th, 1952, a series of UFO sightings were reported over Washington, D.C., later becoming known as the Washington Flap, the Washington National Airport sightings, and the Invasion of Washington. The most publicized sightings took place on consecutive weekends in late July. The incident became the high point of the 1952 UFO flap and occurred just five years after the Roswell incident, back in the days when flying saucer fever had taken over the country. Never before or after did Project Blue Book and the United States Air Force undergo such a tidal wave of reports. Join us to watch with apprehension As UFOs buzz the capital of the United States, are they friend or foe? Find out next time on the Paranormal Factor Podcast. And now it's time for the episode quiz. It is quiz time. So here is your quiz from Tuesday's Facebook posting What famous Himalayan climber found Yeti footprints? Was it A. Admiral Robert Perry? B. George Mallory? C. Sir Edmund Hillary or D. Appa Sherpa Once again, what famous Himalayan climber found Yeti footprints? Was it Admiral Robert Perry, George Mallory, Sir Edmund Hillary, or Appa Sherpa? And the answer is... C. Sir Edmund Hillary The legendary Yeti the abominable snowman, the wild man of the Himalayans, was content to be a legend, a folk tradition told by Sherpas, farmers, and holy men in the region. That is, until the legend broke fully into the light of Western consciousness with the findings of one celebrated explorer and mountain climber, Sir Edmund Hillary, who discovered incredible footprints in the Mount Everest snow. The Yeti was no longer an unknown Himalayan wild man, But overnight, became the new worldwide cryptid superstar, a sensation equaling his North American cousin, Bigfoot, although a much more aggressive version, to be sure. The creature was said to carry off livestock and even children on occasion in order to feed. And what else did Sir Edmund find? And what was his view of the abominable snowman? Well, for those answers and more on the Yeti, check out Season 2, Episode 11 of the Paranormal Factor Podcast. Well, that'll do it for this episode. A theme song is Knockers by Cinco, courtesy of Upbeat Music. Hey, before you leave, if you could, please do me just two favors. First of all, if you did enjoy the show please leave a like on your favorite listening application. And secondly, if you liked what you heard, please spread the word. Love to have some new listeners out there to join you. I'm your host, Richard Wright. Keep your eyes open for the unusual folks, and thanks for stopping by.